Good evening, everyone, and welcome to uh, what uh, Cindy has called uh, Office Hours with Dan. I don't know that that's like the appropriate. Like you kind of like that, but uh, yeah. uh, this is Dan Spoon, ACB president, and we're here this evening with Deb Cook Lewis, our ACB first vice president, and Jeff Tom, our ACB board of director and, and former ACB first vice president. So, uh, we all three have something in common. We've all been first vice presidents. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, we really tonight wanted uh, to take an opportunity uh, to talk to our members uh, about the upcoming DC Leadership Conference and really, um, you know, the current situation uh, with, um, you know, our current version of the uh, COVID-19 virus and really uh, wanted to get feedback from our members. The board will be having a discussion and making a decision on Sunday night, uh, January 16th at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, 7 Central, 5 Pacific, uh, on whether uh, we are going to hold the DC Leadership Conference as a virtual only event or as a hybrid event where we would have people in person and participating virtually. We had gone down the planning route where we were going to do a hybrid convention. Uh, we have contracted uh, with a very nice hotel in Old Town Alexandria uh, to host the event. But with the recent um, kind of spread of the Omicron virus and, and uh, we've, we've now want to take a, a moment to reflect on that and see whether that is the proper course of action. So the board will be discussing, deliberating and making a decision uh, on Sunday, but we wanted to hear from our members and make sure uh, that as we weigh the pros and cons of this decision, We've given everybody a chance to weigh in uh, with their thoughts and opinions. Uh, Anthony Corona had a very good discussion. Uh, Ray Campbell uh, represented the ACB board yesterday on Sunday edition. And then we will also have another community event call on Thursday, uh, the 13th of January uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, uh, to also give uh, members uh, another opportunity to weigh in on this particular topic. So with that said, um, Deb and Jeff, I'd like to get your thoughts um, maybe a little bit before we uh, open it up for members to, to give us their thoughts, because primarily we want to hear from our members, but I mm -hmm. do want to uh, have Deb and Jeff have, have an opportunity to speak this evening. So, Deb, maybe you first okay. and then Jeff. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it is a really, really tough time. I mean, everybody has been um, looking forward to um, a, a change, you know, going back to maybe not normal, but creating our new normal and talking about being together. And, um, you know, and, you know, in the fall, um, we did have um, some of our board members uh, went to the um, board meeting in person, and granted, it was only a very few people, and there wasn't um, Omicron 
yet, but um, we did have some people do that and they didn't get sick and they were fine. And so, you know, um, I think everybody has been really, really optimistic, but um, there's, there's always a lot of confusion about all the information that's out there and it's always who to believe what. It's not even so much political as much as right now, it's just different views of where we're at um, in managing the virus. But what we do know is that a lot of people who are vaccinated <clears throat> and boosted and whatever the terms are supposed to be right now um, are still getting sick. And they're not getting, usually, they're not getting as sick, but they are getting sick and they are getting sick enough to, to feel bad, you know, and, and there's not, I mean, you, there's always the flu, there's always colds, there's always winter stuff. And we go on and have events, but but this has impacted so many people, and of course, some people are impacted um, very negatively. And um, as I began to watch big events, you know, that were planning to happen, decide they're not happening. Um, you know, I realized that this is a, a really uh, difficult decision in terms of. Uh, what we want to do, but but it may end up not being a difficult decision in terms of what we have to do. And um, for me personally, um, you know, I um, I watched all the Christmas hassle, and and I was pretty concerned about about all that travel and all the things that are happening. Um, but I think I think the thing that we're really you know challenged by in the longer term is. How do we set a standard for knowing <clears throat> what are our criteria for um, how we will know when we can have an event? Because um, I think we'll probably end up deciding we can't have an in-person event um, this round. But how will we know what's the threshold that makes it um, okay? And so I think that for me is is some of the philosophical challenge of rather than just continually hoping and hoping and hoping it's like well maybe maybe we need to set a bar somehow and i don't know that if we can i mean i'm i'm just rhetoricaling here um yeah. but that those are kind of my thoughts i think well thank you deb and i heard several um medical professionals speaking on some of the news shows today about mm -hmm. that, that, you know, we've kind of gone down this path with the vaccine and it's going to, to, to eradicate uh, COVID. And now I think more and more the science is leading towards the fact that it's going to be something we have to live with mm -hmm. uh, just like we have to live with influenza. And so what, what I like you're saying, what what are those right thresholds that say there's some level of risk here, but it's manageable versus we're now at a point where there's too high of a risk. So right. I think that's the I think it's becoming more and more the mindset of how we have to deal uh, with the virus uh, as we move forward. Uh, Jeff. Uh, welcome this evening, sir. Thank I you. know uh, you, in one of your many hats, you are the chair of the Advocacy Steering Committee, the member lead, along with uh, Clark Rockville. And you uh, you all had some conversation here uh, last week from, uh, and, and actually have submitted a recommendation to the ACB Board of Directors related primarily to the legislative seminar and the thoughts that the steering committee had there. So perhaps you could share those thoughts and give us some of your thoughts with sure. where, where you think we stand now. Yeah. 
So I want to um, give a you know caveat to this motion that, that I'm about to present to you, and that is that uh, the steering committee felt that notwithstanding our view, if the membership felt strongly one way or the other, that should take precedence over anything that we are going to say and that I'm about to present. But um, we did recommend, and I'm going to tell you some of the underlying facts behind our recommendation, that the legislative seminar, and, and realistically, if the legislative seminar is not held in person, I, I don't see a great reason to hold the rest of it in person either. Right. But one could argue that. But anyway, if the legislative, that, 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 um, that it was our recommendation that the legislative seminar not be held in person this year. And I want to give you a couple of the facts that led us to that conclusion. First, um, we were really hoping to do a demonstration at the Treasury Department. Um, as you all know, about mm -hmm. almost 15 years ago, uh, we won a suit against the Treasury for accessible currency and the wheels of justice since they grind so slowly that decision has not yet been implemented and we felt it was really time with the Harriet Tubman bill um, on the table anyway to perhaps get together with other groups that have an interest in this along with us um, because it's not only a blindness issue it's also a women's issue and an African-American issue. And we felt, let's do some kind of a demonstration and maybe we can get some real great press value out of it. Well, we cannot do it this year because mm -hmm. it takes too much advanced preparation um, and, and in terms of getting permits and things like that. I personally am desperately hoping we get to do it again next year because I sincerely have not a don't feel there's a chance in the world that anything is going to happen between now and then mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping we will do this next year but and, we can't Jeff, do it this um, year and Jeff related to that I think this is probably part of what happened with the you know, with the situation with the capital last year, but now mm -hmm. for a, uh, to get a permit in Washington, D.C. to hold a, a rally or a demonstration, you need to apply six months in advance. So that is the new, you know, and we rule. Didn't know that, I and we, you know, when we were started down this path, we were less than mm -hmm. six months yeah. uh, from the, from our D.C. leadership conference. So we've mm -hmm. learned and we'll, you know, now yeah. have better information to move forward. Right. I, I agree with you, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I hope we're we're able to do it in uh, in 2023. So, excuse me, though, but I I interrupted. Sure. Yes. The second factor, which we felt was important, um, is that based on both what uh, Clark told us and our former um, Clark's former assistant advocacy and governmental affairs director uh, Claire as well who now works for the National Disability Rights Network um, most if not all um, appointments are still being done in with congressional aides via zoom now some staffers are considering changing back at this point apparently but when that will happen remains to be seen and as of now there's no reason to really think there's going to be much of a change by March. So um, the, the fact would be that we, even if we went there, we would still have to do the appointments 
realistically, they'd be better off to do them at home where everybody will be um, and, and not have to worry about doing them in D.C. at a hotel room or in, in that kind of a space. So, the, and the final factor, I think, is that in reality, it's probably easier for us to get better speakers if they don't have to worry about coming to our sessions. Um, perhaps even on a Sunday we can get a speaker if they don't have to leave their own home to come. And even on the Monday, which is the other day of the legislative seminar, um, you know, we, we, it, it turned out last year, that, or this year, I should, uh, last year now, 2021, was probably the greatest um, in terms of speakers legislative seminar we've ever had. And we think we can do equally well this year, um, even if it is not in person, and probably better if it is not in person in terms of the speaker lineup. So when you put all these factors together, we voted unanimously that unless the membership really felt strongly to the contrary, we recommended to the board that we hold another virtual legislative seminar. And hopefully this would be our last um, one in which would, it would only be virtual in nature. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you, Jeff. And then uh, Natalie, I believe Natalie Couch is our host this evening. Hello, Natalie. Hello, how are you? Good. You, you sound a little froggy, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so I think now we'd really like to hear from members and get their thoughts. So perhaps you could share with us, uh, Natalie, how people uh, go about uh, unmuting, raising their hands, and uh, having a chance to give us their thoughts. Yes. Um, so if you would like to, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, guys, if you would like to raise your hand um, on a PC, it is Alt-Y. <clears throat> on a Mac, it is Option-Y. Um, on a smartphone or tablet, it is in the middle of your screen. And on a phone with a keypad, it is star nine. And apparently a lot of people know because we already have mm -hmm. seven hands yeah. raised. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Right. Do you want me to start taking those? I think let's let's yeah. get this let's get this party uh, started, and I we'd want to hear from as many members as we can over the next uh, forty five minutes or so. So go ahead, mm -hmm. Natalie. Yes. All right, um, Karen, you can go ahead and unmute, please. <clears throat> uh, maybe the allowed to talk didn't work. Sorry. Let's try this again. And and, and maybe. How do how do we unmute? I'm sure most people know. I'm sorry. But, um, yes. yes, I sorry. If you want want to unmute, um, it is Alt A on a Mac, <clears throat> uh, sh uh, Command Shift A. I'm sorry, Alt A on a PC, Command Shift A on a Mac. Um, it's in the lower left hand corner of your screen on a smartphone or tablet, and um, on a phone with a keypad it is Star Six. <clears throat> and Karen, you can go ahead. Hi, Dan. This Hello, is Terry. Oh, Terry. oh, this is Terry. Oh, hi, yeah, Terry. Hi, Terry. Yeah, how are you? Hi. Um, and I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, which borders D.C. Um, and I'm very, very pleased to hear that the Advocacy Com Steering Committee has made the decision and is bringing that motion forward to the board this weekend. Because though... The, the uh, Omicron may not seem as bad to others. 
it still can cause tremendous problems. Um, we had a rate here under two percent, right around two percent. It's now over twenty-three percent. That's a huge increase in numbers. And some people say, yeah, but this isn't as bad as the original uh, coronavirus was. I'll tell you one that is an example, and that is our own Penny Reader, who many of you know, spent three days in the hospital this week because she now has it. And she's been on oxygen and all kinds of treatments for it. And that's the type of thing that's going on that it granted Fortunately, she was not on a ventilator and she does seem to be coming along, but she's got a long way to go yet. And she lives within 15 miles of the of the capital as well. The right now, one in six people in Washington, D.C. has either has had or currently has some form of the virus that is just so unsafe. And all of the points that Jeff brought out are absolutely valid in this in this area right now, and I very very sincerely hope that our membership takes all of that into account. Right now, as Deb said, that we need a threshold. I think we will need to do a threshold. I don't think that this is the time yet for it because our medical field is still doing so much. When you think that a year ago we had no vaccines whatsoever it's they've come a tremendous way and hopefully they will become a lot further in the next in the next year or so and that's about all i want to say i just i know that my husband and i both would welcome people to come to washington ordinarily but not this year well Thank you, Terry. And I, I think not only the vaccines, but the other progress we're seeing is in therapeutics. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the more, you know, who knows in another three or six months where we'll even have much better therapeutics as we move forward and, and have them much more available. So. Well, and the testing too. I mean, yeah. that's one of the challenges is people can't get tested easily. And, mm -hmm. um, but. Makes it hard. Yeah, I just fact-wise, I know what Terry said. I mean, in yeah. I'm in Orlando, Florida, and in the beginning of November, we were we were testing at a positive rate of less than three percent. It was like just mm -hmm. a little over two two point three or something like that. And yesterday, we were at over thirty three percent positive mm -hmm. testing. So it's it has it's amazing how much it has really um, exploded. And I do think it'll go through cycles, and we'll we'll find that. By the time hopefully things warm up in the spring and early summer, that that hopefully those numbers are back down significantly. I've talked, I've talked to more people that have it in the last two weeks than I have the whole pandemic. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm in the exact too. same boat. I mean, yeah, my I personal friends who've been vaccinated and and boosted, they have yep. gotten it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've been at least four or five people here just in the last two weeks. It's kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Natalie, who do we have next? <clears throat> Karen, you can unmute. <clears throat> okay, I think I'm unmuted. Hey, there's yes. Karen Campbell. Hi, Karen. Yep. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. <laughs> frustrated with all this stuff, but hey. Uh, we, we're all frustrated. Everybody. 
There were no doubt about it. The one thing I think we all agree on is if everything was good, we would love to be able to get together. You know, we were really jonesing to get together and see each other. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. My concern, I guess, and I understand people's concerns about doing something in D.C. right now. But my concern is we're planning to do convention as a hybrid mm-hmm. this summer. And I, and I was ho- hoping that the leadership meetings could be used as, um, as testing ground, so to speak, for that. We could find any problems. We could find them in a smaller situation and work them out. I really have concerns for, for accessibility this summer, especially with the uh, assistive listening devices. How do you handle both the in-room and the Zoom? And I was hoping that we could have leadership to uh, address that. Um, that's, that's my major concern. I do understand why people are concerned about the leadership. Um, I w- was hoping that maybe we could do it, but it, but you'd need proof of vaccination. That was just a thought I had as far as actually doing the leadership meeting, but um, people smarter than I will have to decide that one. But the... Uh, the accessibility issues that's my major concern well thank you karen thank you go ahead deb i was just going to say something to that um actually i've been involved with a a few organizations in in having hybrid events acb is not my first um and the way you um uh the way you actually uh, work around this, uh, particularly for the um, assisted listening devices, um, is that you run the entire event through your sound system. So your PC with Zoom is part of the sound system. The microphones in the room are part of the sound system. And the ALDs work because they um, are part of the sound system. So if all of the players are um, speaking through that system, whether whether it is a presenter who's on Zoom or whether it's a participant who's on Zoom, um, they um, need to be piped through that system to be able to hear people in the room as well. So essentially, mm-hmm. um, everyone on Zoom is is using a sort of ALD if you actually uh, in that environment if you, if you want to kind of think of it that way. And mm-hmm. so I, um, I don't claim to have technical. Yeah. So I'm they. just telling you that 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 because that the, the key to that is that everything has to run through the system and then everyone has equal levels. So, you know, if the system is bad somehow, then nobody hears it. But but right. um, but 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 if the system is OK. So um, actually. The the bigger worry I have with the national is the is the simultaneousness of of a lot of events because um, you know which we don't mm-hmm. usually do in the same way at leadership. Right, so I I get I get that picture. Yeah, but um, so I think we I think it would be really good to be able to practice all that out. But a lot of it 
um, also varies a little bit based on the venue you're in um, as mm -hmm. to what's there. And since we wouldn't be back in the same venue, what I would have liked to have had, uh, just kind of musing on this, is I would have liked to have had that board meeting that we had in the fall be a real hybrid meeting with the proper setup so that that would look to me more like what the convention uh, was going to look right, like that, that, that would have been, been cool and we didn't do that so there th once we passed that opportunity uh, we will have those same challenges either way so uh, I know it's a very important concern for you and as it is really for all of us but but I think actually um, that there are some challenges to doing hybrid that's not actually usually um, the worst one of them and Karen, I would encourage okay. you, please, please continue to bring this up. I know you're the mm -hmm. co-chair of the SASE committee. And, you got it. And, and I, and mm -hmm. I want to, you know, we'll have an opportunity, uh, you know, beginning at the beginning of Omaha to maybe do some testing and all that mm -hmm. before we get to the true in-person portion. And so I think that's, mm -hmm. I think something to make sure we have on our checklist to make sure we, mm -hmm. we check uh, for assisted listening devices and accessibility. Mm -hmm. so. Sounds good. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Um, <clears throat> Chris Bell, you can go ahead and unmute, please. Hi, Dan. And hi, Hello, Deb. Chris. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'm on the board, so maybe this isn't, uh, I shouldn't have jumped in, but uh, I think a good reason with regard to the leadership conference and legislative seminar not to hold it uh, in person or hybrid is something Debbie Grubb said uh, during our advocacy steering committee meeting, which was people go to this event and are drawn to this event for the excitement to go up to Capitol Hill and uh, hopefully meet their congressperson or at least uh, a staff person and, and make this presentation. And that is really the draw. It's not, you know, if you're not a president, you're not going to go to the president's meeting. And for the whole legislative seminar rationale is to be able to go up to Capitol Hill. And, and if people in Capitol Hill aren't going to be meeting in person, then there'll be a lot of ticked off people that will have spent money and time to get to, uh, to, get to Washington, D.C. and not to do the, the main event that's drawn in there. So to me, uh, that's... Uh, that makes this answer more clear. It's harder, as Deb said, when you're dealing with, uh, okay, so, uh, you know, in Omaha, let's say, uh, how do you figure out uh, whether you're going to get enough people to come to the conference and convention, depending on what's happening with, with uh, COVID or uh, whatever variant of COVID is extant uh, at the time. And, you know, that's a tough one because it's not just a risk level assessment for ACB. It's also an individual risk assessment. And so, for example, I have a, my father is 99 and a half and uh, uh, he's doing fine. But, uh, you know, although I'd like to go to Omaha, assuming he's still with us, uh, I don't, it's not worth uh, to me, the risk to go uh, in person uh, if I could be an asymptomatic uh, carrier back to him because he certainly doesn't need it. 
So uh, there's two things to balance, the individual risks that the individuals have to make, but how do you know how many people are going to come based on their own individual risk calculus? So fortunately, I don't think we have to go there uh, for the legislative seminar, but we may have to go there for uh, Omaha, and thank you for the time. To add to Chris's first point, and thanks, Chris, um, you know, folks will remember that we found out last uh, year that we had a record number of participants for our Hill visits when we used Zoom because we didn't have to worry about people having to be there. And we had all sorts of people. California alone had 30 people, and I think Florida had close to the same. Yeah, we, we had well over well over 20 and um and you know this may be one of these paradigms we have to continue to to look at and revisit but um i would say one thing it took a while you know that we had our we had our hill visit spread out really ended up being over about three weeks uh so we had more flexibility of when we could meet with people but then we had teams of four or five people which was kind of exciting so when we wanted to talk about the low vision bill we had somebody from our Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision uh, Special Interest chapter that that spoke on those issues. And we had someone talk about exercise uh, and fitness equipment. We had somebody who had expertise in exercise and fitness equipment to talk about those. And so it was kind of in, in, in people who could tell transportation stories. And so it was interesting to see the expertise that we could bring. Uh, it did create a situation where we had to, you know, kind of uh, do the meetings a little bit differently where we kind of had a moderator that, that helped our team kind of go through the process where we didn't step over each other and we didn't talk too long and all of that. But I don't know what you guys found, Jeff and Deb, but I would say we had much more really productive, authentic meetings that lasted in sometimes almost an hour where people wanted to stay and continue to ask us questions. It was, it was really interesting to see the, uh, the really um, equality of the, of the meetings. Our meetings were, uh, I think, reflective of the same um, view that yours were. And it allowed more new people who had never advocated with Congress before to get involved, to get their feet wet, and not to feel like they were uh, a duck out of water or whatever, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So if that is the situation you're, we're in, I do think we have last year's experience and I think we'll, we'll do at least as good a job or maybe better this year because we have that experience to draw on. Yeah. Natalie, who do we have next? Um, Ray, you can go ahead and unmute, please. Oh. Ray Campbell, we got the it, Campbell. It sure, it sure is. Hello, uh, Ray. Dan. How are you? Uh, Nat Natalie, you Natalie, my friend, please get over that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I told her to go get tested. I'm suspicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and Ray, you had an, an opportunity to participate yesterday on Sunday edition, and I know uh, heard a lot there, too. So it'd be I, good to hear I, your thoughts and what you heard on Sunday. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Um, so a uh, couple things. Well, uh, let me say that. Um, uh, I, I, I agree with you, Dan. I think we're all, you know, we, we all want this thing to just end. Okay. I think we all want that. We all want to get back to whatever our new normal is going to be. And I think, the, I think one of the most frustrating things about Omicron is six weeks ago, we didn't even know what it was. And now mm -hmm. it's like, 
you know, so six weeks from now, when we have legislative seminar, it may be totally gone. I don't think so, but it may be, you know, but we can't, we can't worry about that. But um, I, the, the one, there's no guarantee, of course, but I have heard some of the medical people that I've heard, you know, different comments from and things too, are saying that once we get past this Omicron, that it's, we're actually going to be in a pretty good place. But the reason they're saying that is because 30% of the people are going to get it. So I don't know if I like that or not, but anyway, mm-hmm. so, so just, so kind of in a nutshell, well, my big, one of my big concerns as a member of this, as an officer of this organization, and I'm sure Dan, we will have this information prepared for the board meeting on Sunday. And that is, yeah. what is the financial hit that ACB is going to take if right. we have to cancel the hotel contract? I think it could be substantial. And I'm concerned about that. By the same token, you know, what if you said, well, let's go ahead and do it in person and 10 people show up and we can't guarantee the room nights. So it's, a, I, I, I don't envy, I, I, I'm not, I hope all of you out there do not envy the position that those of us on the board are put in because it's a really, really not an easy decision. It's not just as simple as saying, well, let's do this or let's do that. That's where um, they pay us the big bucks, uh, right? <laughs> that's, you know? that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think also um, to kind of what I heard, I, I think in general, what I heard yesterday on the Sunday edition was that uh, people, I think Terry Pacheco, who was also there, I, I think mm-hmm. her comments reflect what a lot of people are thinking, that they're very concerned about going to go into this. Um, I will tell you what I shared with that group yesterday. I don't believe there's any way we could have any component of this in person unless we required proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test or something along that line and universal masking uh, at the very least and along with sanitizer and all sorts of of other things. Um, I will say that I think the, the, the financial hit to ACB is probably my biggest concern, uh, along with the accessibility uh, issues. And, you know, Deb kind of has assuaged me on that a little bit. Um, so uh, I, I, I will just close my comments by saying that um, I and I can assure you that all of us on the ACB board, uh, regardless what our personal opinions might be, we're going to make this decision in the best interest of members' health and safety. And that's, that's the way it has to be. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just think that, um, you know, um, and not to mention that, um, and, and Penny, I thought brought up a good point yesterday um, with all the flight stuff going on. And yeah, we think right. probably it'll be cleared, cleared by then, but we can't, we don't know that. So. Yep. Oh, anyway. we can almost yeah. be sure there'll be cancellations. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. yeah, and I, I thought Chris brought up a good point. I, I'm kind of in that situation. My mom is in assisted living, and if uh, right now because of the, you know, this has gotten so so prevalent, the assisted living has put a rule in place that if you fly anywhere, you now have to quarantine when you get back for a week before you can go visit the assisted yeah. living. Well, so, well so now, I, so now if I go, I'm like two weeks that yeah. I've. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Well, see I'm. My mom, well, yeah. and I'm. Well, I'll tell you. And I'm frankly, um, just a couple of things. I mean, I'm frankly, 
really concerned with the constantly changing guidance that seems to be coming sure. around. I'm yeah. not sure if it's all being driven by science and that. That's just my opinion. But yeah. the last thing, and the thing is too, I mean, we were going to go to my family uh, over New Year's holiday, and <laughs> my mom, my mom calls me like three days before and said do you really need to be coming out here? And yeah. we're like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, yeah. I think that's the issue, Ray. I don't think it's even, uh, yeah, I agree about, I actually agree with you about the challenges of the guidance, but just from the evidence that we see and we, we know we're, we know that it's probably difficult for them to come up with the guidance because everything yeah. is constantly changing. Sure but the is. thing that I think, um, you know, I, I thought a lot about the, well, could we have everybody, you know, be vaccinated or could we have everybody be tested? It's so hard to get people tested, frankly, but yeah. could we, you know, yeah. could we pull it off? Um, and um, so all of those things, but then it doesn't help because travel is, um, you know, like it takes me travel wise an entire day to get there mm -hmm. and an entire day to get back. Well, that's, I, that's a given that's about where I live. But that's an entire day of exposure time I have. So even if yeah. we're all good boys and girls there, you know, it's like, hmm, you know. Well, so and, I, and I will tell you, I mean, I, I, I would say to anyone out there listening to this, the, the plane is probably your least of con your concerns. Okay, the, the air filters on planes and stuff, mm, it's, yeah. it's as safe as hospital air. Yeah, it's, I'm not worried it's, about it's it's in the airport yeah. and mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, yeah, and you could say, well, yeah, they require masks and all that, but are they really mm -hmm. enforcing that? And you know, we yeah. the, Anthony I thought brought up a real good point recently on a discussion I was on with him, and that is we as blind people, we don't know if people are masked no. up the way they should be. So it's there's just a lot of balls yeah. in the air and uh, man i'll tell you i i i, I didn't sign I, I didn't sign up to the acb board to have to decide this kind of stuff but uh, mm -hmm. it comes to the territory so <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you, you ray bet. you bet guys all right have a good evening all right natalie who's who's next donna browning you can go ahead and unmute please well hello hi adonna the state of Virginia, we would be sad, but let me just say, our governor just put a state of emergency because of our hospitals being mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. The city of Alexandria is drowning in the in the, in the uh, Omicron variant and everything else right now. And if that's not enough, if you really was going to go to the hill, the transportation in the area has been scaled back because there's so many people out who mm -hmm. run the services because they're sick. And so, and then you got to think about what would the service in the hotel be like? Um, because um, people in service industry are out a lot of them. It would be wonderful to have you guys, but I think it would be a huge risk. And um, yes, yeah, could probably be a huge hit to, um, ACB, but I just from living here and, and what I see here and are experiencing, you know, I walk out every day to go to work and wonder if I'm going to come home and I'm going to be sick or if I'm going to wake up the next morning sick. Um, I mean, I, this, I can't, <laughs> just a week or so ago, we had six families in my ward quarantine uh, from church, my, my ward at church. Uh, and I just found out about another family who are now quarantined. It's, it's going around here like it's like the wind blows and another 
so people get it. <laughs> so I think Donna's your comment about the hotel staff is really telling because oh, sure. I could they could easily and probably already have a yep. 20, 30, 40% sickness rate somewhere in there who knows exactly but and it could be more by the time we or, or less it could be less yeah. um you know it could run its course but yep. you know we don't know because yeah, the rates in alexandria right now are incredibly high they said um so just wanted to let y'all in on that you know we would love to have you you know i'll be sad if you can't come but it's important that all my friends be safe and that we can have a good time and not take all this back to family. Um, you know, not run that risk. I actually know somebody who got sick from being on a plane. Mm -hmm. So just saying. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a teenager, but um, yeah. In fact, it was two of them. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, we love you guys. And, you know, Alexandria would love to see you because, um, you know, they would love your money. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know i agree with what um terry said at the beginning and also what others have said about how awesome the calls were last year you know doing them virtually uh i know virginia we had many more people get to the opportunity to do that than usual um so many people who normally don't get to see their representatives or speak to them actually got to um it was, we felt it was incredible success. Um, so it's definitely something to continue to look at and um, consider because uh, I, I think it's going to be the wave of the future for a while. Very good. Hey, thank you, Donna. And um, just, I wanted to highlight a couple more thoughts because people, some people have asked, well, why do we need to make a decision on, on January 16th? Could we wait a while? And, you know, that's always a little subjective, but what we've learned over and over again in ACB, it takes us a while to pull things together. And so if it's a virtual only event versus a hybrid, that means our resources are going to have to be pushed in different directions. And what it allows is for like the advocacy steering committee to really understand how they want to put their program together along with our governmental affairs director, Clark Rackfall, for the legislative seminar. It allows us to plan how our speakers will be engaged for the president's meeting, as well as it gives our affiliates the opportunity to plan appropriately if they are going to have to hold uh, Zoom meetings so they can concentrate on on getting those meetings scheduled and, and getting their, um, their members involved in the process. So what we've learned, over and over again is if, if making the decision in a timely fashion allows for people to get the right planning and get the right uh, implementation in place for the event. Because we are going to have a DC leadership conference one way or the other. Um, the other question a couple people have brought up, uh, Eric Bridges and Kelly Gass from our executive director and the uh, event kind of coordinator for this, um, have worked very diligently to put the contract in place with the hotel. There is a force majeure clause that's in place as well as other criteria. And Eric and Kelly will be prepared to share that 
uh, with the ACB board of directors at our uh, meeting on Sundays. And, and the meeting will be broadcast on ACB Media 6, so everybody will have an opportunity uh, to listen to the ACB board of directors meeting on Sunday. So with that, Natalie, who's our next person? Um, Jamaica Miller, you can go ahead and unmute, please. <clears throat> Hello, Jamaica. Jamaica. Hello, can you hear me? We can. Okay. Well, I have a couple of questions here, um, and I, and I hope you're not going to be too too mad at me for for mm-hmm. for 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 asking these questions. There's um, never but, a reason to be mad at someone for asking a question. Yes, but, um, that's what this is for. For for one thing is I don't know how much the the leadership conferences is is costing this time because I've tried to go to the link and it wouldn't let me it it said that the leadership thing wasn't opened up yet so right sure and I'll be happy to help you with that question Jamaica so that is we are holding off on registration till after the board meeting on the 16th so the registration will be posted that following the week of the 17th I don't know if it'll be the 17th but that week registration will be up. And the reason we're holding off is based on that decision, if it's a virtually only uh, event, there's there's different pricing than if we have a hybrid event. Uh, if, we, if it's virtual only, we don't have to worry about putting uh, food into the event. So the cost for participation, uh, you know, will be less. And so we'll, uh, you know, we'll get that posted here the week of the 17th, uh, depending on what the, the final decision is. Okay. And my other question is, um, is about the, um, about the, um, about um, um, having the, having the Zoom meetings, because I'm a little bit nervous in case I have to try to in case I have to try to host one because mm-hmm. I'm a part of the Georgia committee again, but I, I, I do not, I do not know how to host. I mean, yeah, you won't so. need to do that. You don't have okay. to worry about that. Yeah, okay. you don't have to worry We have about lots it. of people who can it, do that. And you have people in Georgia who can do that too. So, right. okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, <laughs> Jamaica. Have a good evening. Yeah, that would be a scary thing to not be ready to do. Um, but but yeah, Georgia's got people who um, who are set up to do that, so it won't be any problem. Yeah, and and last year it took some time to put that together. I, oh I, yes, it, it really oh, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. was doing that some of that for um, our state when we were setting those up, and um, it was very very tricky because we had to work out, uh, and every state had to work this out. We had to provide the zooms and mm-hmm. we um you know our affiliate officially has one so fortunately several of us individually have them so um there were a couple of places i went that were not my representative or whatever but i went so we could have the meeting and that was good you know that was perfectly okay it was really really um, fun and we got a meeting with my representative last year for the first time ever we have never gotten a meeting with Kathy McMorris Rogers ever wow. mm, um, that's cool and she's 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 a tough nut to crack 
Um, but she actually, we met, I met with her. I mean, I didn't even meet with an aide. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I have the commitment that when we ever do come back in person that I get to meet with her again. So yo, yo, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, Natalie. Um, Mona, you can go ahead and unmute. I think we've got you. Hello, Mona. She's yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, my computer was trying to talk over me. Uh, quickly, uh, I'm in Oregon. I'm with the Oregon State Board, and I'm president of the local chapter in Southern Oregon. Okay. And I took part in the um, meetings uh, last year mm-hmm. and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, for myself, it has to be on a Zoom meeting. Um, for medical reasons, I can't travel more than two hours, and I can't vaccinate. Hmm. And uh, so for me, yes, I, I really prefer the Zoom. Uh, but for uh, the the good of the entire project, I think at this point, trying to plan anything in person, uh, I have many, many friends and acquaintances that I work with that fly either for a living or for whatever they represent with the churches. And I've got people stuck all over the country and yeah. all over the world. Hmm. And they're mm-hmm. just airlines or you get there and I'm sorry, the crew isn't here. We can't fly. Um, I had a niece stuck in Soldaten, Alaska, because her return flight uh, was grounded because they didn't have enough crew. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just it's happening everywhere and it's happening without notice. Yeah. So I think at least for this year, uh, until the airlines and the service industry in general gets back to something like normal full staffing, trying to plan anything long-term is just not worth the effort. Well, and it's really hard for them to do that when we all keep backing out of our events. So it is a real tough thing back and forth. It's hard on everybody, but we've got uh, here in Southern Oregon, um, we've had, I've had to schedule two meetings that were canceled uh, because the restaurant didn't have enough staff to open. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. I was flying home Christmas Day and I almost didn't get back to my own home and I almost didn't get home. Yeah. So I, I think trying to plan something, I, I think we'd be well advised to put our efforts into planning some really good Zoom contacts um, and making the most of it that way rather than trying to figure a hybrid this time around. Well, Mona, let me ask you. So last year, you was this your first time to get to participate in the, yep. uh, how, how did you like it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah. I was able to participate in every one of the uh, meetings that the Oregon group was in. Great. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I felt like it was productive. Um, and I felt like it's something I want to do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, thank you for your input and thank you for your service. Enjoy. You. And tell, tell Carrie hello for us. Oh, yeah. We will. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yes, Natalie. Um, Marissa, you can go ahead and unmute, please. Good 
Good evening, everyone. Uh, first, I want to make sure that you can um, hear me before I start um, uh, going into details. Perfectly. You, you sound great. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you that um, we as members um, have an opportunity to express our opinion regarding um, regarding this. I really appreciate it. I just think that the membership input is very important. I think that um, given all that is um, going on, we um, need to um, consider a virtual um, legislative seminar this year. And um, a lot of uh, factors are, um, there are a lot of uh, factors that people have already mentioned, like the uh, transportation issue with the planes um, that we keep hearing about and reading about. And I'm sure that the um, shortage, the staffing shortage um, affects also the uh, train system as well as the bus system, though I don't know to what extent exactly. I haven't read too much about it, but um, given that it affects the transportation that uh, as far as the uh, airplanes are concerned, I think that um, it affects the um, other modes of transportation just as equally, though probably some more than some more than others. But I think that's pretty much um, that um, how it affects equally. Um, the other thing too that I was thinking about is that um, say when we um, we take a plane or or another mode of transportation um, to get to Washington D.C. and um, let's say that we need uh, we need uh, assistance at the train station or the airport. Um, I think it's a uh, as in a blind and in, in like visually impaired individuals, we wouldn't know, um, number one, if those people are masked. And two, like when we grab somebody's elbow, um, we don't know. There, there, there are just too many things that we don't know. We don't know if that person um, is sick with maybe just as a minor thing as a cold and came to work. We don't know um, if that person got um got vaccinated like we don't know anything about the person that is um helping us so that definitely should be um needs to be taken into consideration but also um what everybody was saying earlier about the um about the the future of, of this pandemic i have uh read several articles that um that this pandemic may not never truly be eradicated, that um, it's going to be um, what we call an endemic. So it's going to, um, as I understand, affect different parts of the world um, differently during different times. So we definitely also um, in future, um, in the future need to address the issue of, okay, um, like when is it okay to start getting back to the to doing things in person when is it safe and um definitely that we need to take that into consideration especially because they're keep saying it's going to be a pandemic um it's going to be like it's going to become an endemic not a pandemic so i don't think this is the time to do this but definitely something that we should consider 
um, for the future. And thank you again so much for letting the members express their opinions. Thank you. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> Jeanette Kutash, you can go ahead and unmute, please. Hello, Jeanette. She's on, you're unmuted, Jeanette. I think we're hearing you, Jeanette. Maybe. Maybe not. I thought I heard her jaws. <laughs> but no, that was me when I unmuted. Oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah. That was, yeah, Jeff's. All right, Jeanette. She is unmuted. Maybe Natalie will go to the next person while Jeanette's unmuting yeah. or you're making contact. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. Um, Christine Hutzinger, you can go ahead and unmute, please. Hello, Chris. Mm -hmm. Let me, I've asked her to unmute. Okay, finally, every time I hit it, it bounced. Um, <laughs> there you are, Chris. We there hear you. Are. Okay, so the, what I wanted to say is, you know, this is kind of the difference between us having a meeting and somebody making a trip to see loved ones that they may not ever see again because they don't know when, you know, they're old people or whatever, is that... that Hey, it's I resemble real... that remark, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I mean, when you yes, say I, I do exactly, I exactly like, you know, know what you mean. Point. Yes, I mean, yeah. yes. That's really. I mean, you take every precaution you can, and you go, yeah. and you say, "If I get sick, I know what I'm going to do." Right. But this is kind of like it's not a vacation. I don't mean that, but it's mm -hmm. something yeah. that's sort of discretionary. Yes. And what if I get sick when I'm in D.C.? That's what I worry about. Yep. Yeah. I would hate to be stuck in a hotel room mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. have, you know, been well, past my incubation period. the goes by. Yeah. Right. And, and then you're, you're sitting there and you can't even go home because you, you're mm -hmm. going to test positive until you clear right. it out. Right. So all of a sudden you have those additional expenses. Thank you, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, no. Yeah. Or you get yeah. stuck. For me, I always have to fly through Salt Lake City. So here I am with my one little plane to Lewiston, not flying, and I discover I'm sick, but I'm not even in D.C. anymore. So, you know, right. I, I thought about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to yeah. be paranoid and panicked all the time, but I think those things are actually kind of real right now. Well, and the thing is, I don't mind if I'm in my own city and mm -hmm. I make a choice to go out and keep my yeah. N95 and on yeah. and yeah. I get sick. I go home okay. and I hide. Thank you. Yeah. I pull my covers yeah. up over my head and drink my soup and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I don't pull my covers up over my head because then probably I'd limit my oxygen. You might and I don't have soup. a pulse yeah. oxygen. <laughs> 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 but yes, exactly. It's one thing. I mean, I'm, I go out here and I do things and we all do. Most of us do. And mm -hmm. and we take our lumps. And if we get sick, it's like, oh, that was unfortunate. But the chances are high and you just do it. But I don't want to travel and do it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. when the positive testing rate is 2%, there's a different mm -hmm. risk yeah. level than when it's 33%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like, like yeah. we're saying, it just anecdotally even, 
so many people I know have got this in the last two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pe- yeah. People that are pretty prudent on how, you know, how much they socialize in public. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're right. not hanging out in bars on Friday night, you know. <laughs> and and so that's the, and that will ebb, it, it, you know, it, it'll ebb and flow. That That will cycle and go away, you know, after and, a and period I, of time. And I do think once this really becomes endemic, we'll be able to live with the comfort level or the lack of comfort level and say, well, yeah. okay, I'm going to get sick maybe twice, hopefully only once a year with this. But now, I mean, you see people getting sick, you know, have, having a breakthrough, breakthrough case way twice. And you mm-hmm. go like, is this for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's my comment. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I even yeah. saw one report today that the next booster, the, the, the second booster or the, or the uh, fourth total might be enough to give almost complete um, you know, uh, a preclusion of really getting seriously ill, but who knows? That's only a guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where society's going to have to adapt to is when we get to the point where people are getting like cold like symptoms, and that's the you know if you've been vaccinated and boosted and boosted, that's probably going to be you know the most of where you're at. Then at some point, society has to adjust to that and not have all these rules mm-hmm. in place of where yeah. you can go and mingle right. and be part of society. But at right some now, point it's going to be another flu. Exactly. It's just not right. there. But we're exactly. not there yet. And, and, yeah. that's, and that's what I heard today from the medical professionals. They, they're, they're, yeah. they're saying the benchmark we have to work towards is, is influenza and a, mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a seasonal case of the flu type thing. Yeah. 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 But we're. We're not there yet, but well, and then I do think even I've thought about this related to Omaha and the, you know, and the convention uh, this summer is it's also a different format. You know, that's an, that's an eight day event and people go for so many different reasons and you get to kind of pick and choose what you want to participate in while you're there. So if you want to go and stay in your hotel room during general sessions and just listen virtually because you don't want to be around 500 people, you can do that. And then you can go out with a few friends in an open patio area to a restaurant that evening where you feel like you're pretty safe. So, I mean, the, the, the dynamics around a convention are so totally different than a DC leadership conference where the only venue and event is us together in a room, you know, in the, in the middle of winter, that's just where we're at, you know? So I do think it's the, they're apples and oranges. Uh, Well, they, I think, I think they are. I I don't know if they will end up being because we have some of the same issues of travel and illness, but the travel's the same. We'll be in a different place with, we'll be in a different place we don't know what place, but we'll be mm. in a different place with the virus <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in and the, so in I'm hoping that yeah. we're in a summer place and, and that we can feel reasonably okay to come. But, but I think some of the issues 
are still going to be the same because the, the whole travel thing and the whole, I don't want to be stuck in Omaha. I love Omaha. I have a f- couple of funny Omaha stories, but I, but I don't want to be stuck there if I were to get sick. And that's the problem is if they're still uh, encouraging us um, to isolate and whatever, uh, isolating and traveling is really, really hard. So I think we just have to cross that bridge when we get there. But mm. what I am really harping on and hoping is that we will decide when it is that we need to decide by um, yeah. so that yeah. we can make because that pivot um, is is not going to be like the first year, but but I still don't want to do it up at the last minute. So um, I, I yeah. just want us to try to figure that out. And it's very hard because as someone pointed out here on the call, there's no question that, that Omicron might be over before we would have gone to DC, but you have to decide in enough time to decide. And that's the that's challenge. Right. And so we have to figure that out for Omaha as well. Do we yeah. still have Jeanette? Is she still? Yeah, I was, uh, was wondering if she was able to unmute uh, Natalie. It says, <clears throat> it says she's unmuted. I'm not sure. Yeah, Jeanette she may. Can... Yeah, Jeanette, do you have a microphone? I mean, is your microphone working? Because it looks like you should be able to talk to us. Hmm. Now she's muted. So hold on. Let me see. Yeah. Now she's unmuted. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeanette, when you get when you get connected, we do have we, one more hand. We promise we'll get back to you. So, yeah, what's our next hand? All right. Um, traveling Terry from Florida. Ah, <laughs> Terry yeah. Suarez. How are you, Terry? I am doing great and just grateful that I'm with a community that allows its members to speak openly to the leaders. This is fantastic. And I'm so proud to be part of ACB. But as most of you know, I am still a licensed critical care respiratory therapist, and I feel I need to speak about what's going on in the healthcare field. Mm -hmm. My friends have been battling this battle for over two years, Mm -hmm. and I was at bedside for H1N1, for SARS, for um, swine flu, for there's been so many Mm -hmm. um, other influenzas and corona uh, viruses that we have fought. This is like the eighth one that has hit the world. Um, They were just named different names. And what is different about this one is the unknown that for the last over two years, imagine going every day to work for 12 Mm -hmm. hours a day and having to decide who gets a ventilator and who doesn't. Who gets the bag of saline and who doesn't? And what agitates me so angry about the media is they say the ICU room beds are full, but they're not telling the truth. I had a friend of mine take a picture and share it with me. She's like, we have eight beds that are empty, but we have no staff. So we have to block those rooms. So one of the one of what we have to look at is the other industry that is battling the battle on the front lines, and that is our medical staff and first responders. And if you have, if you know anybody that is one, please, everyone at the beginning of the um, of the battle was all you know clapping their hands and getting everyone excited to go mm-hmm. in their ship. And you don't hear about that anymore. No, you don't. 
You don't, you don't hear about someone randomly dropping off food. And there are people that are just, they're exhausted and, and crying. And I, and I still provide support and it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I wish I could be there for them, but the only way I can be there is for mental support. Um, the other thing I want to say is, is um, I'm not, I'm not secluding myself in my home. I'm going to the AT, um, what's the accessibility technology conference that's going on in Orlando at the end of the month. Oh, ATIA, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ATIA. And we can go to the exhibit hall for free. But mm-hmm. one of the things they're doing to register is you, there's these statements that you have to click. You, you must provide full vaccination and they give the definition, booster and the other two shots. And they clearly state if you do not have proof, you will not be able to enter. Um, I don't know if they're going to do temperature checks, but I will be sure to share with Janet um, what they're doing to scan people as mm-hmm. they are attending every day. But it is it is a new world for us. And I just want to tell everybody, like I told you guys on Sunday, wear your mask, get your vaccine. But number one, wash your hands. No mm-hmm. one's talking about the simple hand washing with warm soap and water for 20 seconds. Your hand sanitizer. Everyone's worried about the mask. And Ray was there. I'm not going to go on my soapbox, but please use soap and water to wash your hands. Use your sanitizers. Wash your hands. And thank you so much, um, Dan, for all you're doing, having these office hours and the board of directors. I know you're all going to make the best decision we need to do. And it's great that you're allowing the members to share their feelings, their concerns, and this is Terry Suarez, and mm-hmm. wish everyone hey, was in Florida. Hey, Terry, mm-hmm. before you go, um, uh, last year you had an opportunity for the first time to participate uh, virtually in the in the uh, legislative seminar portion and the and visit with several different uh, representatives, uh, legislative aides. How how did you like the process as a as a first timer? Well, I loved it so much. I called the Florida Council of Respiratory Care and the International Association for Respiratory Care. And I said, listen, we're behind the ball. This is the way we need to do our advocacy work because it was so invigorating and it was really neat. I just remembered, you know, I had an awesome captain on my team. And um, when that one um, legislative assistant um, goes, Oh, I like that map of Cuba behind behind your head. I totally forgot I had a map in my office of Cuba. And <laughs> we started talking and it was so personal, but yet we were not in person. And I loved it because, you know, we just it it just flowed so good. And I think one thing that um this situation that we're in is realizing we can still conduct work and business and focus on goals without being in person because of safety reasons. And I loved it. I had so much fun. It was now I'm a Washington DC girl. I, I was a page for the state for two weeks and I got to go to Washington for two weeks and be a Senate page. So when someone says we're going to Washington, I am like super excited because just walking down the hallways and feeling the energy and just knowing this is where they make decisions and, you know, it's just invigorating. But on the other hand, I had the same experience virtually. And if anybody can do it, um, just get on 
you don't, maybe you're not a public speaker. Um, Jamaica, I know, you know, you get a little nervous, but just being on the call and just mm-hmm. being face that your senator, your congressman, your LA can see you just mm-hmm. uniting our faces and our voices. Oh, it's so empowering. Yeah, I agree. I loved yep. it. Thank totally you. Agree. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, yeah. Terry. All You're right. Welcome. Have a good evening. Thanks for your service. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I think we'll try to maybe see if we get Jeanette one yeah, more time. Yeah, Jeanette's got her hand up again. So yeah, maybe. and then it's about time for us to leave. I yep. think, but I, yeah. I don't want to leave yep. Jeanette out. <laughs> I've given her permission to talk, so you can go ahead, Jeanette. Are you finally able to hear me? Yes! Yay! I, I don't know why it worked. I literally just sent you an email, Dan. Um, but I'll make my points quickly. <clears throat> this weekend, I went to a meeting, um, and the mandate was that everyone will wear masks no matter what. And we were all basically telling people, if we catch you not wearing a mask, you will mm-hmm. be asked to leave. And I found that the restaurant staff at the meeting were allowing people to not wear masks. Oh, sure. My bigger concern is in a place like legislative seminar, it would be very difficult, I think, for the powers that be and mm-hmm. to really push people to do it. Because no matter what, we all may believe it's the right thing to do. Um, but that doesn't mean everybody does. Yeah, and yeah. I know up here there have been some issues where people have been physically hurt mm-hmm. um, by people who uh, are just bent on you can't make me no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, this week I was in close proximity by three days to somebody who has been extremely careful and by Sunday she had COVID. I was not close enough. They didn't make me get tested. Um, But this is somebody that I know has followed all the rules and she still got it. Sure, sure. Um, They do. And we have a large population of people over 65. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worry, and and we do have people who are medically compromised, some more than others. Of course we do. And I do worry about, you know, whether people are aware of how compromised they may or may not be mm-hmm. and what risks are taking. And just mm-hmm. parenthetically, yeah. I've done Zoom and in-person legislative stuff, not with ACB because I don't know their protocols and I've enjoyed doing it both ways. But I'd rather see us concentrate, even though I would worry about going to Omaha and I know I won't this year. I would rather see us push our efforts to go there and hopefully find a safer environment mm-hmm. six months down the road because I don't think Omicron is going to be gone in six weeks yeah. and, and mm-hmm. I think to, to wish that it would be is mm-hmm. great but I think the reality yeah. is going to be it's not going to be until people are willing to mm-hmm. do all the things they need to do Yeah. You know, another point that you make about that related to your point about the masks, Jeanette, that I think is kind of important is that there are actually a lot of blind people. And I know I've had some experience around this myself, but there are a lot of blind people who actually find it difficult to wear a mask if they're actually traveling. I mean, by themselves, they're not just traveling on a trip, but traveling, Mm. walking around, because it actually 
disturbs, you know, kind of the acoustic things around your facial yeah. vision. Yeah, right? I agree with that. And yeah. boy, it does. And um, I've mm. been practicing for months out here in our cul-de-sac, practicing, wearing my mask. Everybody teases me about <laughs> the fact that, Deb, you're, pro- you're the only person out here for a mile. You're probably not going to get any virus or anything. I'm like, no, 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 Deb, no we're we not. did the same thing in my Yeah, we're not doing it for, and I, for so that. I get we're it. Do- <laughs> yeah, we're doing this to practice walking around with a mask on is actually what mm-hmm. we're doing but i i it it really is hard so you're going to have a certain number of people who are going to not be willing to mask up not because they are difficult or whatever but because they really can't cope with it and and so um there's that problem too and you know it's i think it's it's higher in general in in uh, among people with disabilities so that it's not always just the people who are being jerks and then you throw a few jerks in too but you know it's really it is a very real situation and up here our numbers are not nearly as bad in some other states and i know that physicians have told choirs and some other groups mm-hmm. go on zoom for a couple of weeks get through yeah. the worst of this omicron mm-hmm. and then right. yeah. re-examine your situation mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, thank you, Jeanette. I'm glad we finally got connected. Uh, you know, thanks for your persistence. Yes. Yeah, I I just needed to be persistent because I hate when webinars don't let us unmute. There's something <laughs> weird in Zoom. I don't know what the gremlin is, but it's there. Sometimes I just have to completely log off and log back on again yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. That, uh, that, yeah. that if we work. weren't so late in the timing, I would have done that. But I was right. like, all right, I'm going to send you an email anyway. And if it doesn't work this time, at least you'll have some of my yeah. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> thank no, you. Good, good, good. All thank right. you for your patience. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Have a good evening. And and Natalie, I want to thank you for all your time help, helping oh, us as a as a host tonight and Deb and Jeff, thank you so much for, mm-hmm. for participating. It was glad to hear all the different points that yeah, you made. Yeah, very lightning. Yeah. I think it was very helpful again, as a, somebody who will have to consider this decision here in a couple of days, we really, really appreciate hearing from our members and we thank you all very much for, uh, for coming this evening. And we look forward to, uh, you know, hearing uh, some new voices on Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And you all can figure out all the other times in between. <laughs> uh, but with and Darrow, thank you so much for streaming yes. uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. And everybody have a good evening. And uh, please go to all those community events you want to participate in during the week. And we mm-hmm. hope to see you back on Thursday at 6 and Also, uh, remember that the ACB Board of Directors meeting on uh, Sunday, January 16th will be broadcast uh, on ACB Media 6. So thank Mm -hmm. you all and have a good evening. Night. Night. Night, everyone.